What's crack-a-lackin', everybody? Money smart guy, Matt Zapala here. Hey, Liam Tia from Dallas, Texas, and in studio with me today. My boy, my trainer, Milton Alvarez, here in episode three zero, man. 30 episodes already. 30, man. All right. On this episode, we have a very interesting show today. Our biggest video from last week, no, number one video for us, new number one video for us. In less than 24 hours, we released a short clip. 60,000 views. We generally get about two to 3,000 views in 24 hours. It's got 60,000 views in less than 24 hours. You're mentioning on my IG, it's, uh, how many um, on, views on IG for the clip we had? On the uh, Millionaire's Goals podcast, we have over 643,000 uh, views so far. 643,000 views. 643,000, almost out a million. Because that was our reaction to the movie Sound of Freedom. Correct, yes. Which is a, a human trafficking and a child trafficking movie which uh, <clears throat> profiles the success of uh, uh, Ballard, uh, Tim Ballard. His, uh, his role as a, f a former law enforcement agent went full-blown into rescuing children. And that was, of course, Jim Caviezel playing his role um, as, a, uh, as, a, uh, as an undercover agent. And uh, only 20, I think 2,600 theaters in the country released it. Uh, we were in the Bahamas a couple weeks ago, and Patrick, Bed David, and I were able to catch it on Saturday. So the only movie theater in the Bahamas that is actually carrying this movie. And so um, I've actually been connected to this world from a um, from an um, observation standpoint because I support the work of, of fighting human trafficking. And uh, this gentleman here that we're going to be bringing on, so you're going to be able to meet a actual uh, a person here that works undercover. He works um, uh, in a team to gather information, documentation, so therefore, the police can do the job of arresting human traffickers across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're going to be meeting him at the top of the hour, so make sure you stay, stay, stay uh, posted here. Also, we're going to be discussing the downside of being a lazy parent, okay? Downside of being a lazy parent. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't think that uh, uh, being a parent was uh, tough enough, because the opposite is like, i got so much things that's coming against me as a parent. Well, here's the big problem in America today, which is lazy parents. Um, also, speaking of lazy parents, uh, if you are a person thinking about leaving an inheritance for your kids, we're going to share you some examples of actually celebrities that are not leaving an inheritance for the kids from a financial standpoint and uh, why money doesn't matter in relationships will rebuke that remark as well as what a $200,000 salary actually looks like in today's day and age from a lawyer who's now a, uh, a finance influencer and what her word looked like before making money online, before becoming an entrepreneur online, and what it was like for her to be a Asian, to be a attorney, making $200,000 a year. So um, also, last but not least, there's a lot of hate on billionaires. There's people out there, I think that I saw a yacht pull, pulling into Ibiza, and the people are just so pissed off at millionaires that go there with a bunch of spray pay, spray pay can on, on the piers, and they're just, you know, they're just uh, putting graffiti all over this yacht. And so there's a lot of hate on billionaires, right? There's a lot of billionaire bashing. Let's unpack that. We'll, we'll, we'll review a clip here with Howard Schultz. So, all right. Um, John here is from an organization called Slavery No More, based out of Southern California. And he's going to unpack real quick for the first 15 minutes of the show what the actual business is of human trafficking and child trafficking and, and the things that we can do as parents, as concerned citizens, and also the, the aspect of a case study that he's actually working on right now, a live case study, an op that he's working on right now. So coming to the show, 
creating a tremendous light in this dark world is John. John, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? I appreciate, I appreciate you, you. I appreciate you coming on, man. So let's jump into it. what. What's the case study you're working on right now of, of in, in human trafficking? Well, to give you a realistic feel, I mean, we're working on um, sex trafficking cases, labor trafficking cases. They span uh, the nation. We're working on national networks, regional networks, uh, and in some cases, very small, localized instances of of traffickers. And man, they span every people group: Asian, Hispanic, Black, Caucasian. And um, you know, real notable fact is eighty to ninety percent of them. People are being trafficked by their own people group. Wow. Um, it, it seems like people would be exploiting others, but they're exploiting their own. And, and that's just a, a real uh, difficult, you know, grievous thing to see happen because, um, you know, a lot of those communities, uh, they, need a, they need a hand up, not, not somebody exploiting them, especially their kids. So um, we have a lot of cases that are minors. Um, as recent as yesterday, another one came in. And, uh, you know, those are just really, really heavy. But um, we're just driven by the plight of the, of the one victim. Yep. Um, in good instances, there's, there's groups of them that we can, can locate and, and free. But um, uh, there's no shortage of traffickers. And they're being very aggressive. We, our cases span all 50 states, whether either a victim or a trafficker that we're after is in all 50 states. And uh, we have a network nationally that uh, just can't keep up with the demand. So. Wow. Uh, it's a real challenge. Is there an area you wanted to drill yeah. down on? Yeah. If, for example, what, what's that situation? You know, we'll leave out the city and state, you know, because obviously you're in an app mm -hmm. right now. But um, there's a situation there where the young teenage girl was being trafficked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and can, 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 can you take it from there? Yeah. So she was trafficked starting when she was 13 years old. Um, she um, is now 17. She has been exploited for years, passed from pimp to pimp in some instances, um, and she was doing the work, uh, offering sex services all day, every single day, at the threat of her mother and her little daughter meeting either the same fate if she didn't cooperate uh, or being killed. And um, the very tragic extension, and hers isn't rare, unfortunately, is that for when she finally reached the end of her rope and she couldn't do it any longer and she wanted relief from day in, day out, constant abuse, they said the only way to do that is go get us some other young girls. Mm. And uh, she, she actually did it and um, participated in luring them in, uh, pinning them down as they injected them with fentanyl uh, and listened from the next room as they gang raped her to desensitize her to the life ahead. And um, you could tell that it shredded her, uh, but that's how bad she wanted relief. So I share that difficult story because so often we can dismiss the victim as, oh, maybe they made a decision to deserve it. Maybe they um, got used to it. Maybe they wanted it. Um, that's not the case. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very un unreal situation. But, boy, it's not rare. It's actually a pretty typical case. What? And so to just bring home the, the coercion, um, that threat, um, not too many months ago, uh, her mother showed us a picture on her phone that was texted to her by the perpetrators who had taken a selfie of themselves at her front door. Wow. And sent it, sent it to the girl and told the girl to send it to her mom to say, hey, 
we're right here as soon as we need to, you know, pull the trigger. We're, we know where you are. So, um, you know, I think we can all say, boy, if that happened to me, could, wouldn't I do the same to protect my family? For sure. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's indicative of a lot of cases and it looks different in labor, you know, labor trafficking or sex trafficking in different milieus, but the coercion is still the same. So the crime is force, fraud, or coercion to make someone do something they wouldn't otherwise do. And uh, it's amazing the extent uh, that these traffickers get very clever at applying coercion to get people to do almost anything. Unlike drug dealing, right? In, in the drug trade, mm-hmm. um, you're either, you're, you got a corner boy or you're, you're, you got the drugs on you. Uh, human trafficking mm-hmm. is not the same. I mean, um, pimps don't have to be on a, don't, pimps don't have to be on the street uh, uh, looking over um, their, you know, their prostitutes, right? They can be text messaging because at the coercion you just mentioned, they don't have to be looking mm-hmm. over because they know where your mom and dad live. They know where your younger siblings live, right? So they're threatening mm-hmm. that. Um, so how, how come more human traffickers don't get arrested? How come there isn't more focus in on this, this, this horrendous uh, crime that uh, a lot of people are struggling with? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, at the end of the day, it's, be, it's largely because it's a hidden crime. So we don't see it. If we saw it right outside our front door and recognized it, uh, we would probably ask for, for political change. Um, but as it is, law enforcement is grossly understaffed and under-resourced to pursue a crime that actually takes proactive investigation to look underneath what you're seeing and go in search of. Um, literally uh, 1% of victims self-report. So at the end of the day, 99% of the victims, their only hope is somebody actually comes looking for them and knows where to look and looks past the fact that in most cases, they're just hidden in plain sight. You know, if a, if a law enforcement officer makes a traffic stop and there's a gentleman inside or a female with a number of other girls, uh, they don't might not think twice. They must all be friends. They don't ask questions, write them this ticket for, for speeding and, and off they go. But if they know what to look for, for indicators of trafficking, and they know to maybe separate the girls from the driver and ask them some questions, are you okay? And uh, know the indicators that I would suggest everybody, there's so many great resources online to go study. What are those indicators of trafficking? Because the public can be a great source of tips for law enforcement. But if uh, you don't know what to look for, it's hidden. And if it's hidden, uh, a district attorney, a mayor, they don't have any motivation to go uncover it. That increases their crime stats in their in their city, makes them look bad in some cases, right? So it's better to just leave it alone. Um, and it all, also takes a lot of resources to go investigate. So it's easy for them to look away. Um, I'll, I know you're a money smart guy. You guys are all about numbers. So I'll download some numbers on you to blow your mind. In 2019, which is one of the last reliable years before COVID uh, started to change the landscape on some crime stats and before the most recent evolution of um the uh, agencies not reporting their crime stats to the FBI because they, they don't want to participate in racial profiling of, of criminals. Um, so go back to 2019, uh, 1,883 arrests for sex trafficking. 87 were cleared out, so that's 1,008 prosecutions. Well, that's whether it. you're looking at the U.S. Department of Health study or the University of Pennsylvania study that say on average about 280 plus thousand uh, minors are gonna be victims of sex trafficking each year, uh, that's a 0.3 prosecution rate for sex trafficking. 
But here's the kicker. No crime is calculated in the same manner. In other words, that that's if you were prosecuted, if you were trafficked for a year, you're one. But they're not they're, they're trafficked all day, every day. Right. Yeah. So if you took the actual number of the instance of the crime, the actual number of the times that a trafficker forces a, a young person, a girl or boy to have sex against their will, um, the, the actual prosecution rate is about point zero 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 five percent. That's that's five ten thousandth of a percent that a trafficker uh, upon every instance of choosing to traffic a girl or a boy again, each time they make that decision, it's a new criminal event. Yep. If you're calculated like any other crime, uh, the chance in that instance that they'll get arrested and prosecuted is five ten thousandths of a percent, given the numbers from, you know, pick your reliable source that I use. So yep. um, the calculus for the trafficker then is I'm not going to pay for this crime. It's incredibly lucrative. I can make just as much as I can by selling drugs and not get busted for it. Cause nobody even knows I have it. If I have drugs on me, you know, I'll get yep. busted. Dog will sniff it out. Mm. Uh, they'll have some means of detecting it. If I've got a person with me, nobody knows that we don't have a good relationship yep. and the coercion keeps the victim in check. So very low risk, very high return. And uh, that's why it's the second largest organized crime in the world and the fastest growing. Unreal. Uh, Milton, so, you got a question? Yeah, so John, I have, I have a question for you. You know, we think of traffickers, you know, we, we look back into the 70s and 80s and we think of pimps, mm -hmm. you know, you know yeah, yeah. pimps driving around in those old caddies and sure. suited and booted and canes <laughs> and all that. We, that's, what we, yeah. that's what many people think about. But nowadays, it could be anyone. It could be anyone involved in a criminal network, like in, in the cartels and or in the mafias. It could be even family members uh -huh. or guardians who are involved in this, friends and peers, you know, uh, these online predators who lure, lure young teenager boys and girls, mm -hmm. you know, to, to lay with them, to go yeah. away with them for a while. You know, it could be, even be corrupt officials. So my question to you sure. is, Knowing that there's now a broad span of who can be involved, how do we go about identifying the individuals, the individuals who are actually involved in recruiting children, young girls, young men for sex trafficking? Yeah, that, that too is a great question, and it's uh, multifaceted. So, um, you know, we're worked a case recently, and it is ongoing with um, minors who've been brought across the border, so they're very vulnerable. Mm. Um, nobody's looking for them, and they're working at a commercial bakery, uh, working at a linen processing facility around heavy machinery, um, working in all manner of milieus. People might think of, oh, the picking uh, agriculture, you know, out in a field, uh, picking produce. Um, well, no, they're in actually businesses and from uh, hospitality to restaurants to nail salons to, again, manufacturing facilities, uh, service facilities, um, selling things on the street, door-to-door -door sales. So here's the point. They're in every milieu where a quote-unquote business person wants cheap labor. And oftentimes they'll get that from a labor contractor so that they're a step removed from actually recruiting them and they're managed by the labor contractor. And so they're everywhere. And so how do you find a victim everywhere? You have to know what a victim looks like. Mm. And so that, that is back to the indicators that I was discussing earlier, and that's pretty in-depth training of everything from um, wounds, uh, signs that somebody might've been restrained, signs that somebody, um, a person isn't carrying any possessions, 
a person looks like they're utterly deferential or controlled by somebody that they're with who speaks for them all the time. Um, people who look malnourished or underrested or abused in some way, people uh, in a group setting who look nervous, uh, people who don't have the normal possessions. If you see a, let's say a teenage girl without a cell phone, how often do you see that? Sure. Yeah. Well, ne- you know, never. That, that jumps out at, at you, right? At all. Yeah. And um, so there's just so many. And, and I think the biggest, the, the clearest way is something doesn't look right. And I think that's when they say, if you see something, say something. That's true in the human trafficking world is if something just doesn't look right, stop and take note of how that person is uh, interacting with the people around them. And um, you, you might be surprised at the indicators that will really stack up fast that that person might not be in control of their own actions. Uh, we're going to be doing another uh, one of these. I'd like to extend this conversation. <clears throat> There's a lot of parents uh, listen to our podcast. Uh, a lot of concerned mm-hmm. citizens that have, may have may name it, have their own kids, but they have nieces and nephews, etc. We're going to have you back on, on on Monday or Tuesday, and we're going to have a whole hour long conversation about this too, as well, along with you and one of my other buddies, who's a Navy SEAL that does ops in uh, in uh, Arizona. But uh, one last thing before I let you go, uh, John, uh, l- let me ask you a question about um, what can we do as concerned citizens? What can we do, policymaker wise? Um, uh, uh, who, who's who's um, Whose phone do we need to be calling? Who do we need to be petitioning? <laughs> who, who, where do we make the noise? Yeah, uh, great question. And so, you know, it's an it's a, a unpopular response to say that the biggest need is resources because it takes resources to go out and initiate the investigations that are going to lead to traffickers getting arrested, sending a deterrent message in a community, and it's going to lead to the rescue of the victim. So primarily pick your anti-trafficking organization and support them with the resources they need to go out in the community and do the work because law enforcement is uh, grossly understaffed to do it. But that is then that next thing we need to solve. Call your your mayor, your state representative, your national representatives. Um, you know, every great social movement in history has has happened because public intolerance rises to a level where people say no more and there's a point where politicians will respond and allocate more resources to investigations and they will uh pass laws with tougher sentencing that's another one there's sentencing uh, guidelines now that are being loosened around the country and people set free all that does is embolden traffickers yep so last week by sentencing uh, and Pardon? Go ahead. Yeah, last week, Biden's uh, Department of Justice, they removed human trafficking as an area of concern. Removed it from the list of areas of concern, to your point. Yeah. yeah. Tragically, we could talk for hours about yeah. the number of instances around the country where that's happening. So yeah. everybody, know, be active in your community. Talk to your representatives. And, mount, you know, you everybody's part of groups. Yeah. Mount up your teachers, parent-teachers association. Mount up your church uh, mount up whatever group you're a part of and have them all in numbers, yeah. you know, crash your, uh, um, not debilitate, but uh, call <laughs> uh, with fervor, uh, email call your representatives yeah. and let them know that you actually do care about this. Yep. And if we can get a groundswell of public discontent to rise, uh, then they'll start allocating the right resources, change the laws and send a deterrent message to bad guys. So, um, you know, all you have to do is stare one victim in the eyes and that haunting thing will never leave you, and you will not be able to disengage. So, yeah. um, 
I encourage everybody to get involved before it actually uh, becomes something that, that ha- you know, impacts you directly. Much, much better to get on, get on uh, the train early, and uh, we've got to turn back the tide because we're going backwards right now, and we need everybody on deck. 100%. 100%. So, John, I appreciate you for dropping in real quick, and then uh, we'll make sure we set up that day for next week, and we'll unpack this much more because I want to get into more specifics and, and why you know, I, I want to talk about the money aspect of this uh, for next week too as well. So, John, appreciate you for jumping on here on the Millionaire Goals podcast. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah, pleasure. So, appreciate it a lot. Continue success. Yeah, and by the way, we, Take we'll, care. We, we will have a link for everybody that's watching this podcast in the description, the video description, to contribute to the Slavery No More organization. We'll put the link in the comment section below if you would like to support and contribute resources for uh, for John and uh, his Slavery No More operation. So salute to him. What's your, what's your thoughts on this, bro? I want to get involved. I want to get involved, man. Okay. So we, we'll definitely be in touch, man. We'll definitely be in touch. For sure. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. You too. All right, John. See you. Cool. So, ah, man, you know, the moment I keep bringing this up, you know, just as as a dad, it just unsettles me. And, uh, you know, um, speaking of of pissed off dads, let's take a look, look at this clip of this pissed off dad actually sharing what everybody else is thinking. Let's take a look at this. Am I the only one pissed off at this? All of you, conservatives, liberals, I want everybody to look at this photograph. It's historical. Don't look away. Do you see this child, six, seven years old? And do you see this? And do you see this This adult who walks by and allows these children to see this if I was walking past the school on the other side of the street and I had to scratch my balls because I had an itch with my pants on, I'd be in f-ing jail and I'd have a stamp as a f-ing pedophile. How the f- are any of you, straight, black, white, gay, or any indifference, whatever the f- are as a human being in society, you look away from that. Or you don't do anything about this. And that's where the tolerance aspect of the mindset was going on in our society. They're tolerating, tolerance, 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 tolerance. It's such a, to me, it's such an annoying word now. I totally get tolerance, but there's a point where you can tolerate things, allow things, but the moment it crosses that line of right and wrong, why do you still tolerate it? Why, why do you still let it go? Thoughts? It's, it's, it's a tough topic, man. Uh, I see a lot of kids nowadays getting overly sexualized, being exposed to things that they shouldn't be exposed yeah, for to sure. un- until yeah. up in certain age they, aren't, they understand what they're being exposed to. And the fear for me is bringing kids. Now I understand why a lot of people are saying, I don't want any kids now. I don't want to bring kids into this world. Mm-hmm. I understand. And now 
now that I look into the future, five, ten years from now, thinking of what I see, what I see on, on, on the news, what I see on TikTok, on Instagram, on the, in these videos, yep. it's scary yep. because now you're oversexualizing a child at such a young age. A lot of people are trying to normalize it, or mm -hmm. as you say, tolerate it. Mm -hmm. But now I feel that that's a massive open door for people who are actual pedophiles, mm -hmm. for people who are looking to lure kids into into a certain area to take advantage of them. So what ends up happening? It's a gateway. Yeah. It's a gateway. So yeah. What ends up happening now? These kids end up getting assaulted. These kids end up getting molested at a very young age. Me myself, I, I was a victim of being molested at a very young age for multiple years by multiple people. And when you grow up in that in, in that area, you don't know what's going on. It, it's a feel good feeling, mm. but you don't know what's going on. So now you become an adult, and now because since you, you, you've been sexualized from such a young age, now you your 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 concept of what, of what love is, of what sex is, of what true intimacy is, mm. it becomes completely distorted. Yeah. And now, in order for you to hold a relationship down the proper way and approach a relationship, whether you're a man or a woman, it becomes extremely difficult. So now you have to go through the process of trying to break down on what a relationship is, what is intimacy, why is sex so important, why should you avoid sex with multiple people, and why is it such a private thing for adults to do and not expose it to their kids. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a generation where right now we're, we're, we're exposing these kids to something they, they should not be exposed to, man. Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, you know, the purpose of the show, purpose of our podcast, I mean, the vision of it is to make sure you start thinking like a millionaire, yeah. strategize like a millionaire, so therefore you can become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. And it's just not for you going on the yachts and flying the private jets and having luxury items. No, you want to become a millionaire because you want to improve and protect the quality of life for your family, period. And if you're able to create the resources to do so, I'm, th I'm thinking right now, thank goodness I have my kids in a gated community, in a guarded gated community, in a, in a private school where we're on values and principles that we believe in. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I was at the, at the club yesterday, at the Cowboys Club yesterday, I ran into uh, Ryan Stuman, a former guest of the Seven Fears Squad YouTube channel and the Millionaire Girls uh, podcast, and we're having conversations about, you know, if he's got four kids, why are you sending kids to private school? Why don't you homeschool them? Why don't you hire a teacher at 60, 80 grand a year? Because since you're paying $100,000 a year to, to, to put your kids in private school, why don't you hire a teacher that you create a schoolhouse at your house and your home becomes the school? Mm. And you've all, obviously, you've got uh, homeschool programs where the kids can be socialized with the other kids, but you're also aware of who your kids are being socialized around. So, therefore, they have a clear understanding of the difference of right and wrong, what to tolerate and what not to tolerate. And that's why we want you to make more money. It's not because you want to buy the Lambo. It's not because you want to live in a multi-million dollar home. It's because for the safety, protection, provision, and resources of the people you love and care about because our, your last name is being attacked. And if you want to continue to get bullied by the system, bullied by society, well, be lazy. And speaking of being lazy, here's the biggest problem in America today. Lazy parents. So, yeah, mom and dad, I'm calling you in. I'm calling myself out. I want to make sure that you hold me accountable so therefore I'm not lazy in the raising of my children because I'm lazy in raising my children and my kids are around you because this is our society. I want to make sure, and, and Milton, to your point, why should you bring a kid into this world? That's why you need to have more babies, to bring children that brings the light in this dark world. Raise around the right values and principles that you believe in, to shed light on areas of right and wrong, and to point where, hey, you have to say, Okay, I've tolerated enough, enough is enough. And so let's take a look at this clip about what happens when you have a society that accepts lazy parents. Let's take a look at this clip. Uh, 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 mom, I, I don't work. I don't work, mom. She says, I ain't gonna work. What do you do for a living? I don't work. 
So what do you do during the day? Nothing. She's tough. You don't want to work? No. No. What? So you're just living off of his child support? I am. And we live with our mother. And you're proud of that? Was, well, well, we were living with him, and I was a stay-at-home mom. He made the income. But you can work now, right? I can, but... No, but. But you can go get a job, right? I could, but I'm not going to. But my rent's free. My food is free. My mom's the homeowner. We don't have to pay nothing. Who covers health insurance? I do. What I'm going to do is give you credit, actually. Bring your child support down. Down? Monthly. Yes, slightly. It's still <laughs> expensive. $1,093 a month. That's, That's it? Well, it would be more if you get a job. He would pay more if I got a job? No, it would be more for the child if you got a job. <laughs> it's called child support, not mom support. So, some of you guys are thinking, well, why is values and principles so daggone important? That's why. Maybe this guy lowered his standards where he wasn't around the right men to, by the way, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, let me address the, the dad real quick. The, 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 the husband, the former husband apparently is the, the dad. Because maybe you weren't around dads who had the right values and principles. And by the way, I'm guilty of this too as well. If you guys don't know my story, I've got two different baby mamas, three, three kids. Love the children. Raise the children. I was, a, I was a residential parent of all three kids. Okay? But the thing is, if you're not raised around those right men, that's going to raise around the right values and principles. Because I was just unaware. You end up with a woman like that. And she's going to drain you for everything. And what's worse, she's feeding that language and that example to your child. Milton, what's your thoughts? You need to be able to build yourself up. I think that's, that, I think that's the biggest thing. Which yeah. Many of us are, are looking for that. Uh, someone is to fill that void within us. You yeah. know, we, we grew up in a dysfunctional household and we don't know what a healthy relationship is. So we find something that mimics or mirrors exactly what we experienced uh, from a very young age, which is why, again, Creating a healthy household for your children is a very, very important thing, but also for yourself, investing into your personal emotional intelligence, investing into understanding what your your ants are, your automatic negative thoughts and how to attack those, understanding you know how, how it is you move, how it is you function, how, why you react to certain things, what, your, uh, what your, your basic human needs are as a human being, emotionally and mentally. Spending a little bit more time and investing a little bit more time into yourself than going out on the streets and trying to find the right one. And again, we spoke about this last mm -hmm. week, you know, for the men, for the young men watching this or who are going to be watching this, you know, instead of trying to impress the girl or trying to impress women on the streets and by buying all these fancy clothes and cars and trying to stun on social media, folk, invest that money into <laughs> a counselor, invest that money into trying to build yourself up as a human being so you can attract A1 people into your life. And so that way you can stop attracting women who are going to do the same or if not worse than the, these kind of women do. I'm not saying all women because some men also give the women the short end of the stick. But in this case, we're talking about a woman who's taking advantage of a man who he may have had his flaws, who may have mm -hmm. had his downfalls, but at the same time, he's meeting the requirements that he's supposed to by paying his child support. But this woman is not stepping up to the plate and being the mother and the provider that she needs to be as well as fathers on this end. And, and to the dad that's, that's in this clip, man, I, I totally get your situation. I totally yeah. understand, man. I empathize. But we got to do better. Yeah. Now, to the woman in this, in this clip, okay, where, did she, where do you think she learned that language? Where, where do you think she learned, I'm not going to work? Mom. <laughs> exactly. Mom. So it's just not lazy parents. It's also lazy grandparents. Yeah. So we're all on notice. And so the last thing I want to do is be that person in my family's lineage that was lazy. Remember that uh, movie, Apocalypto? Oh, man. I love that movie. It's yeah, your cousins. Right? <laughs> Ecuador. So if you ever watch that movie, uh, Apocalypto, maybe I can uh, jump on here and, and just 
If you guys don't Small remember, what, what, what year was that? What, what movie? Uh, Apocalypto. Oh, no, but it was a good movie, man. Apocalypto. Uh, 2006. Okay. No shit. 2006 film. Um, if, uh, if, if you want to take a look at my screen here, this is, uh, you know, this, is the, this guy right here. Okay? And so the, scene, the movie opens up where they're all sleeping. Hmm. And an enemy tribe is, is raided attack. Yeah. And they, they catch these guys sleeping. Their guard is asleep, right? So anyway, I don't want to spoil the movie, but if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. And by the way, the movie was uh, done in, in Mayan, correct? I mean, they spoke Mayan in that movie, which is great. So, Subtitles. So these, this, right? so this, these guys were attacking that tribe. So this guy here, you learn to hate. Yeah, in the movie. And by the way, I think this guy is also in the Sound of Freedom movie too. Um, it may not be that guy, but the guy here that he's that he's facing. Okay, one uh, one of these guys is in that movie Sound of Freedom. Anyway, he's he was in the movie Sound of Freedom. He's the one that bought the little girl. But this guy here, right? This young guy, he gets away from these guys, and obviously he's he's the hero in this movie. And he goes back to him because they're about to jump over the cliff. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yeah, hey, yo, this is my this is my forest. Yeah, I hunted here. My father hunted here. My grandfather hunted, and guess what? My son is going to hunt here." What is he talking about? Pro, he's proud of his lineage. Yeah. Pride in his last name, right? Do we get that today? For, the, for those of you watching this live, you're watching the replay. Do you know your grandparents' name? And if you do, do you know your great grandparents' name? If you do, do you know your great grandparents' name? If you do, do you know your great 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 grandparents' name? It's my job. I've decided to take on that mantle as, as a as a Sapala. To make sure that my children, the reason why we're doing these podcasts, the reason why we're doing these videos, because I want in 2100 to have my great-great-grandkids to see <laughs> <laughs> what great-great-grandpa Matt was doing, what he looked like, what he sounded like, what issues he was going through, what he was addressing, because I want them to see that their great-great-grandfather, the, the Sapala last name, their lineage, their great-great-grandfather was a leader. And uh, there's no greater title to me outside of entrepreneur, outside of dad. The great title I, I want to live up to is the word leader. I want to leave, be able to lead my family. And so if you're not a leader, guess what happens? You tolerate stuff. The, the kids bully you. The kids rule you. The schools bully and rule you. And so the moment I got involved in the money business, I started observing, what do rich people do? And you think that uh, their kids just live on trust funds and blah, 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 blah. Well, here's an article of celebrities that will not be leaving a financial inheritance to the kids. So let's take a look at this real quick clip before we go into the news article. Let's take a look at what Steve Harvey said about his kids, about his money, his success, his wealth, but what he's not leaving to his kids. Let's check this out. I told my kids the other day, I said, let me explain something to y'all. If something happened to me and mama, I want you all to understand, y'all gonna be around the casket crying because I'm not leaving you everything. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm going to spend 85% of my income on me and your mama. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm going to leave about 5 10%. That's it. The rest of the money, me and your mama going somewhere. We can, Dad, me, me, we can't go on vacation. No. No, I want to be with just with your mother. Well, here's it's the cool. thing people don't understand about children. It is not what you leave to them that makes them great. It's what you leave in them. Mm. And if you leave enough in them, mm. 
If you leave enough in them, you don't have to worry about what you leave to them. If you leave more to them than you leave in them, they will run through everything you left to them. Yeah. But if you leave enough in them, you don't have to leave so much to them because they can go out there and make their own way in life. Come on, that's cool. it. I'm glad you said that. Cause now they ain't getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many guys want to leave a financial inheritance to your kids? And, and by the way, an inheritance means more also than money. But with that being said, too, I think financial component is also important because one of the greatest ways to divide siblings for the rest of their lives is after mom and dad's funeral. We've seen this time and time again, where you go to a funeral and the siblings are upset because if mom and dad didn't have life insurance, who's paying for the funeral? The siblings, right? And the siblings are fighting. Hey, you need to contribute you need a couple thousand bucks. And next thing you know, bro, you never contribute to mom and dad's funeral. Yeah, you freaking bum. And next thing you know, they never talk to each other for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Their kids stay away from their kids, and sadly, that's that's when the, the breakdown in family unit, and the nucleus is is, is fall, you know, falling further and further apart. In great ways, we solve that as insurance folks, as uh, final expense insurance. But what what are your thoughts here? You know, you you you've got a vision of your family, yeah. right, Milton, as a single man. I've I've got a will and a trust set up. I'm leave, by the way, just to let you guys know, I'm leaving my kids deca 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 millions. I'm leaving my kids deca millions. Now, whether or not they get it, that's a different story. But I'm leaving behind. My, my, my lineage, the Sapala diaspora, my money that I built through my generation, through my lifetime, because I want to fund and finance their dreams, their goals, if they're willing to play and align with the values and principles that I set forth as a, as a Sapala, as a citizen of the United States, and to contribute to our society. So what, what are you thinking? I just want to ask you a question. Uh, you're speaking about life insurance, and I'm, and I'm curious about this. I'm also curious for myself. Now, is there a program that you guys have or are open to the idea of creating where you create a policy for your parent, for, for a child, or for anyone who wants to open a policy, whether it's an IU or an annuity or whatever the case may be, that if and when, you knock on wood, it doesn't happen, the parent, the mom, the dad, the uncle, the aunt, the friend, whoever, mm-hmm. ends up passing away, yep. right? And then they leave behind a, a lump sum of money to yep. XYZ person. Yeah. Is there like a post uh, experience that they get, like, all right, look, I'm, you know, we're, we're, our condolences to, for your loss, this is, what's, this is what's yours, but now here's a program that we want to involve you in so that way we can teach you on how to be financially smart with the money that you have instead of just some people yeah. that they're happy when mom and dad pass away because they get the money, yeah. they get the trust, they get Can't the wait funds. For mom and dad. Pull and that then, damn plug. Exactly. Yeah. And what ends up happening within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, some people in a couple of days, yeah. they run through that money and now they're broke as hell. Yeah. They're in a drug problem, they're suffering, they're struggling because they don't know how to manage their yeah. money. Is that something you guys do where you guys actually create programs for people to teach people on how to manage the money that they receive after unfortunately one of their loved ones passes away? Yeah, so that's the education portion of while mom and dad are still alive. Yeah. And also the establishment of a will and a trust. A will is the last dying wishes. The trust is how you're going to disperse, distribute the money that's inside the trust. So, so what happens is you create a uh, beneficiary being the trust, mm-hmm. right? So it goes into a, 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 a irrevocable life insurance trust or revocable, whatever, you know, AB trust. You set that up. And then from the trust dictates how they're going to get educated to get the money that's inside the trust. Right? So for example, uh, my kids, they'll get a splash of cash when, when, when something happens to me. Okay. But there's a, still a ton of money inside the trust. Yeah. Okay. Now, if they want to get money from the trust or any family member that's inside the Sapala last name in our, in our generation. Okay. Um, by the way, spouses, they don't get access to our trust. You marry somebody, you divorce them, good. You're not getting money into the trust. So ex-spouses have zero money to the trust. It goes to the kids. 
So I don't want uh, my kids marrying somebody, and oh, I'm gonna marry because they're you know they have access to a trust fund, right? But if they divorce, they can't come back and in a court say, hey, I've got access to my trust. No, bro, you ain't got shit. You ain't got nothing. Okay. So therefore, the kids know if I'm a bum, I'm gonna get nothing from the trust. If I do nothing, like this lady right here in, in, in a clip, she's getting nothing from kids. Gonna do nothing from. But if they have a job, if they're a contributing member of society. And the, and the trust officer who you assign, the trustee and the executive of the trust, and they get paid a salary to do that once, once a year. That's why you have these banks. You know, you don't go to Chase Bank. You go to these, you know, uh, Dallas Bank and Trust. Mm. You know, those, those banks? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the banks serve as a trust officer. And they get money from the, from, from the trust fund. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the trust officer shares, okay, you got, if you want to get the money, you got to educate yourself here. You got to you know, go to this school, you know, access to this program, whatever, whatever you decide while you're living that they go through to get the money to the fund, that's how you go about doing that. And it's built, so it's flexible based on the current education that's available during that, that generation, because it's obviously going to be different from mine. Yeah. Because who, know, who knows down the road, some time of crypto or an NFT or something like that is going to be available uh, outside of just paper assets, some form of digital currency, some digital asset, the digital real estate, digital yeah. property, you know, some form of IP. Mm-hmm. I want them to have the financial flexibility to go about and acquiring that but they got to get educated and surround themselves with the right people. And, and, and also in my trust, I want them to also have the first couple of deals with somebody they split that's a mentor to them. Yeah. So they're not going into a deal all 100% by themselves trying to make, I want them to go through the first three, four, five deals and whatever they do, business, real estate, uh, whatever opportunities and endeavors, funny movies, whatever, whatever the case may be, I want them to go through somebody that's been there, done that. I have a checklist of the people that you would partner with mm-hmm. values and principles and and, 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 and uh, experience because I sometimes people I just one 20 year old kid says I'm gonna create for your social media engine create leads for your business great how many business have you done for no you'll be my first one so no no you're not gonna I'm not gonna pay you nothing you're not charging me either you're gonna experiment with me yeah right so I don't yeah. want I don't want my kids well, to yeah, yeah. Well, correct so I, I had no idea like that's to me that was Chinese <laughs> but if someone asked me around 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 my age or someone who is a little bit younger than I am or who has yeah. no knowledge on you yeah. know, where to put their money in, I would usually go to these five places and maybe you can sharpen it and mm-hmm. validate it or be like, no, that's completely stupid. So usually I would, I would say, these are the five places where Milton puts his money in for now. Yeah. It's number one, it's a checking account to be able to pay myself and also take care of my expenses. Number two, an emergency savings for a rainy day, rainy month, rainy year. Mm-hmm. Number three, an opportunity savings account for opportunities to invest and buy in during these times. Uh, number four, a life insurance policy. Right now, all my money's in an IUL. And then the fifth one, a Roth IRA. Right now, I have eight credit cards, uh, most of them are cash back rewards, and I have one business credit card with no limit, which is kind of nice. Gotcha. Thanks for the one you told me about. Thanks for putting That's me right. on. We went and traveled. Thanks uh, for putting me on. Out, yeah. <laughs> you know, and for, for, the, for the credit cards, yeah. you know, I use them all up to at least a 30%, 10, 10 to 30%, and within 15, uh, 15 to 30 days, I try to pay them off. You're talking about the utilization. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. For all eight credit cards, I, I, I dabble. I dabble into all mm-hmm. of them 10, 15, 20%, and then mm-hmm. within 15, 30 days, I pay them off, and I get the I get the I get the to points. accumulate the rewards, accumulate yep. the cash, either pay myself or just use that money to yep. uh, pay the credit cards off themselves. Yep. Now, is that something that's a good way to start? I love it. I love it. And, and by the way, uh, for those Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman bugs out yes. there, this is the exact way you use credit cards. You don't use credit cards to fund and finance a lifestyle that you can't afford. Yeah. So, so instead of paying with a debit card. Right. Remember when I told you about the Amazon card? I said, bro, it's a charge card. It's not a credit card. Yeah. You got to pay it off every 30 days. Yeah. So the Amex card, so Milton, because we, uh, we, we, where were we? We went to Denver, D- Denver and then we hung out at the, um, the, Centurion. the, uh, the Centurion, Centurion Club. 
And so uh, you were my guest, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, how do I get access to this club? Well, there you go. All right. Look so look at this bad boy. Let's, 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 want to show our plastic? Look at this bad boy. Yeah, that's it. That's it, baby. And it's heavy too. Yeah. So we got them. So we we got we got the two yeah. platinums, right? We got our cards here. By the way, yeah. this is this is a this is the new H Flex. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cash. I used to carry cash all the time. But you know, when when you're looking at credit cards, you're right. You got you got some for personal. Got some. I got I've got credit cards here for hotels, Marriott Bonvoy, you know, uh, uh, you know, Hilton, etc. But anyway, this conversation I constantly have with the kids, and so this is something that you leave to them. Yeah. In them, right? Uh, let's let's take a look at the, some other celebrities here. Uh, if you can share my screen, uh, Jordan, please. Um, Gene Simmons, uh, ACDC, mm. right? He says every day. The kids should be forced to get out of bed and go to work and make their own way. So the kids aren't getting an inheritance, okay? Gene Simmons, um, uh, uh, celebrity not leaving things behind. Okay, uh, James Bond, inheritance, he's, he says inheritance is quite distasteful. Uh, he's got an adult daughter from his first marriage. He's got a young daughter. He goes, my philosophy is to get rid of it or give it away before you go. Okay, philosophy. Okay, I probably don't agree with that because I believe that you should leave some form of financial inheritance behind, right? To now, again, it's a different of how they get that money. So you leave something behind because what what do you say in Proverbs? It's 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 our responsibility to leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. Otherwise, it'd been better you weren't born, right? So it's a combination of wisdom, intelligence, mm -hmm. uh, inheritance. Excuse me, wisdom, and inheritance, and also a financial. Inheritance, because if you don't leave a financial inheritance behind in this day and age, guess what you leave behind? Debt. Yeah. You leave behind a bad financial inheritance, and that's what you leave to them and in them. The last memory of you is like we couldn't pay the damn funeral. We had to do a damn uh, 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 GoFundMe. You don't want that as a. Uh, you don't want to go out there like that. How do you How do you respond to the pushback that people would give you, saying, "What about the people and the men, the parents, especially the men?" in third world countries who aren't exposed to this type of knowledge, who have no type of electricity, no electronics, no access to the web. Third world countries, still living in huts, still living in the rainforest, still living in tribes. What, in like, apocalypse era? In, uh, in Ecuador, we yeah. still have people who are indigenous people who still live in the rainforest, who yeah. are completely blocked off from our yeah. society so that way they don't get sick and die. Yeah. So the government completely protects them so that yeah. way we can't encounter them, yeah. so that way they don't catch our bacteria and, er and everything that we breathe, because they can actually kill them. Yeah. So I mean, how do you get pushback on that? I mean, if you got tribal guys, man, I mean, they're going to stay in the tribe. Yeah. So that can, they're not coming into, into the uh, postmodern world. So they're going to leave behind farms. They're going to leave behind, you know, uh, their ability, uh, techniques on how to hunt, where to fish, you know. Yeah. They're, they're going to leave that behind, you know, their wheat <laughs> and corn somewhere yeah. else. But uh, even in, for me in the Philippines, third world country too as well, uh, we have it really good here in America because you think life insurance is widely available into other parts of the world. It's really not as lucrative in other parts of the country as it is in America. America's got some of the finest, craziest, most lucrative life insurance companies that uh, pay out for, I mean, right now, life insurance companies, if you look at a quote, if you call our office and talk to one of our agents, for like 15, 20 bucks, you get like 100 grand. Really, for 15, 20 bucks, $100,000 is, is in, in, if you're in your, tw the, by the way, the younger you are, the more you get. And the, and the, the younger you are and you're healthy, that you lock in your health. So there, therefore, if, you have people that are, you know, one of our guys, a graphic designer, Dustin Frampton, at 38 years old, he had a stroke. It's the weirdest thing. More people today are younger, and some of them may have gotten it because of COVID. COVID. Am I vaccine? Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what happens is that that football player died on, died on the field. Yeah. He didn't have the right me medical attention like other people do. So if you have life insurance, pays out. It's, it's sick how much these insurance companies are willing to take from you 
and give you a whopping amount of death benefit, tax-free according to Section 101A of the IRS Code. So leave your children an inheritance. It's not the presence that you give them, but the presence being with you, what you teach them, what you leave in them, but at the same time too as well, you got to leave them some form of financial opportunity because you want your, I was, I was telling my, I told my son this yesterday, son, I want you to be better than me, right? I told my girls, I want you to be better than me. My job is to make sure you are better than me. I want nothing from you than to have you better than me. And in the meantime, if you're willing to receive that and you're willing to accept that, oh God, I can coach you now. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't push out my kids. I mean, if, if my kids, oh, Bobby, I, just, I don't want to do nothing. It's hard if they're adult kids because that's their choice now, right? But hey, I want you to be better than me. I do. Well, how come you want to be better than me? I want you to be better than me. I, that was, you know, it's, my, it's my response because I've always told my kids, every generation has this great decision to make to improve that family bloodline. What's yours? My parents coming here to the Philippines, or yeah. coming here from the Philippines to America. Yeah. Drastically improved it for my sister and I. Same. Okay? You two as well, right? 100%. Both I mean, parents. you are your ancestors. You're, you're apocalyptos, uh, uh, your cousins <laughs> here. You're your ancestors' freaking wildest dreams come true. Yeah. You're on a podcast. And then I hope in the next four, five, six generations, it's a completely different person. Exactly. Different generation. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, exactly. man. Cool. You have, you have uh, some topics here in, in the fitness aspects you want to cover? Yeah. Um, I know we, I, I sent you the, uh, the link. We can put it up. Um, but we're talking about energy. We're talking about money. We're talking about longevity. We're talking about sustainable energy that we need in, in, in this world, especially talking to all the young men, older men, middle-aged men, even men in their late ages. Right now, we're going through a famine, and it's the testosterone famine. The Gen Zs and millennials are being affected by lower testosterone compared to the 70s and 80s. What was once considered high levels of testosterone are now in a wreck. So back then, what was considered low is not considered high. And now what's considered high, back then was considered low. The numbers are completely cat catastrophic, and that's going to affect the way men, men, the way men function, the way men think, the way men act, the way men feel, and also how long men live. Jordan? Yep. Gen Z? Yeah. Do wow. Gen Zers and millennials need more testosterone? And the answer is 100% yes. So one thing, let me, let, uh, let me talk to you, man. So I'll, I'll speak on my behalf from, from, from my age group and then also on your behalf. Um, I know when you came out of the military, you came out with a lot of injuries. You came out with, uh, you know, some mental when it comes to PTSD, physiological uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, injuries, and also hormonal uh, hormonal issues yep. because of your experience, lack of sleep, high cortisol levels consistently, poor diet. Again, which I had no clue because you were you're creating a, what I was going through. Like I, I don't know, a lot of guys leave the military. Like okay, that was just our life in the military. So. When you came out of the military, and maybe a year or two before you, you and I started working out, and mm -hmm. uh, you, you barely started getting into the gym, um, and you were having pain in your in, in your oh, lower everywhere. back, your knees, your ankles, overall everything, yeah, right? Trigger yeah. fingers, wrists, elbows, yeah. everything. Yeah. Before you went through to, to, to the transition of improving your hormones, would you agree that, or would you what, what, what would you say were some of the some of the symptoms or some of the things that you you felt as a man uh, when it came down to weak? I was weak. I'm just weak. Physiological weakness. Weak. Mental fog. Lack of confidence. Lack of confidence, yeah. low sex drive. Like, no, like no I knew energy. what I wanted to do, but I'm like. Passive. You were yeah. very passive when it comes right. to those things. And that is impacted by testosterone levels, men no, and no women. Wow. Men and women are in need of testosterone, especially the men, if you're, especially during this day and age. You keep speaking about tolerance, and tolerance is one of the things that a lot of these men have because they don't have that oomph, they don't have that leadership position in their in their mindsets. You can't step into a role of leadership if you personally don't believe that you're a leader. So but there's, a, there's a chemical behind this. There's a hormone and, behind and it. If you do not wow. have that, uh, that substance inside of you to give get you out of bed, get you driven, 
to do more out of life, give, give you that physiological energy, give you that psychological energy, the mental clarity, because testosterone plays a massive role in mental clarity, taking away that brain fog, increasing your strength, increasing your sustainability when it comes down to long days, long hours of trying to push your team forward, trying to raise a family, trying to be a good husband, good father, and also a business owner. Now, when, when you do have high testosterone levels, you're going to, and again, and I stated again, you're going to feel driven. Your mental clarity is going to be through the roof. You might sleep two, three hours, four hours a night like my buddy Matt here does. But for some reason, you still have sustainable energy throughout the day, especially if your testosterone levels are at their peak. Obviously, if you're sleeping minimal amount of hours, your testosterone, your testosterone levels will be affected. Oh. But also, that's why you see a lot of these men now in their late 20s starting to jump on the the bandwagon of TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, which I don't suggest for everybody because I don't think that's the only that's the only remedy, but it definitely is a route that you can take if this is going to be a chronic issue for you. Um, can we take a look at my screen real quick? Because I just Googled what boys look like in the 1960s. How old were they? This, this, this oh, is uh, that's high school. It's high school. Yep. That's this, high school. Is how, this is how high school kids, high school boys look like in the 1960s. I can't say that boys, if, I, if we go down to local high school today, I don't know if they look like this. In gym class. They all have grow bods. Yeah. These guys so, got, they're jack, man. And then during, during the time, while well, I was playing football, I, I played with KP, Kyle Prater. You know, you know mm -hmm. like, I think he did some work for you when it comes down to the recording. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Prater, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. 6'6", uh, 230 in high yeah, school. went to the Number one, number one wide receiver in high school. Yes, sir. I play alongside him and all of our guys, man, jockey, stocky, sophomore year, junior year, they're already yeah. benching 315. Yeah. You go back 10 years later, all of these high school kids, boy, Boy, high school football team look like middle schoolers. Can you uh, uh, look at my screen? This is Kyle. Yeah, this, you talking about Kyle Prater? This is uh, yeah, Kyle, okay. Kyle Prater. Yeah, there's the Panthers football jersey at the bottom in the red. That's it. Yeah. He's in high school. That's one of our practices. That's wow. Kyle. Wow, if you're old, good okay. guy, man. Yeah. yeah. So what up, Kyle? If you're watching this, so three possible <laughs> solutions to this for the men, women watching, young adults, middle aged guys, or people in their older age. Three possible solutions, and I'm gonna go through all of them with a uh, with a small snippet. Exercise. Why is exercise important? And I'm going to read this off my screen so I can give you the full-on detail without you know, cutting any corners. Exercise causes muscle stimulation. When you engage in resistance training or strength exercises like weightlifting, your muscles experience stress and micro tears. To repair and rebuild these muscles, your body releases testosterone, the hormone that we as men need, which plays a crucial role in muscle growth and recovery. Number two is rest and recovery, which is a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, business people who are watching, including my buddy here, Matt, they don't do because they're trying to run a million-dollar business multi-million dollar business, and sleep and recovery is not in the vocabulary. But adequate rest and recovery after exercise are essential for testosterone production. During sleep and recovery periods, the body's hormonal balance is optimized and testosterone levels can increase. So the better you sleep, the more you rest, because there's a difference between sleeping for seven to eight hours and actually resting for six hours. And that will be determined based off of your evening routine and your morning routine. Get in contact with me directly, and I'll show you how to have a high-performing evening routine and morning routine so that we can optimize your hormone levels as time goes on. And number three is food. Eating a diet rich in colorful antioxidant-rich fruits and vegetables is a great for overall health. But one of the best diets that's pretty wholesome as a, you know, when it comes down to the broad spectrum is the Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet is very heavy on the healthy fats and vegetables that will help give you the omega fatty acids that you need, which also help you with your hormones as a man. Exercise, rest recovery, and foods. Those are the best solutions that you can, as a man, 
can have, can consume, can do practical solutions that will help you with the hormone levels. Anything that's beyond that that causes chronic issues when it comes up to your hormone levels, when you look go, go get your blood work, I definitely suggest seeking medical attention or going to a specialist that can help you with your TRT journey for sure. Outstanding. L- l- listen, uh, can we look at this uh, screen here real quick? I'm just looking at least obese countries in the world. First one's Cambodia. Cambodia. I'm, by the way, I'm not so sure if this is in order, but let's just look at these just in general. Least obese countries in Cambodia, Nepal, uh, Timor, uh, Timor, less, less, uh, uh, Burkina Faso, Niger, uh, Bangladesh, uh, uh, Republic of Malawi, Burundi. Percent of these percentage of obese adult males, two percent. So help me understand uh, the ratio of uh, less fat and obesity will let lead to higher testosterone. Having lower uh, adipose tissue in your body, having lower uh, visceral fat and fat overall in your body will help you have higher testosterone levels. But that plays on, here, here's the thing, when, when, when people think, oh, this man's obese, it's not just the food you're consuming, it's the lifestyle that you have, the movements that you, you do, you don't do. Many, here's the thing, there's, there's been people who've been going to the gym in and out uh, for years and years and years, not understanding that 90% 90%, I'm not exaggerating with this, with, with, with this percentage, for all you um, social media, Instagram, fitness gurus out there who are going to combat me on this, 90% of your success when it comes down to having a healthy body comes from your diet. You cannot outwork a bad diet. But the second best thing or biggest thing I would say that tops the food is your rest and recovery. You can eat great, you can work out like a freaking track star, like a triathlon, like a bodybuilder, like an athlete. But if you're, if you're resting your recovery, is lacking. You're not going to allow your body to recover from all the damage you're causing it. And over time, your stress levels are going to be through the roof and they're going to be consistently fluctuating up and down, up and down, which have a massive impact in your hormone levels. It's a formula, guys. Exercise, rest recovery, and food. That's a formula that you combine and put together strategically based off of your lifestyle. I'm not saying that you need to literally go, you know, stick to it strictly because I understand we have lives, people have children, people have wives, people have lives that they need to be able to execute on a daily basis. But if you take that formula and at least follow it to a good 70, 80%, you will see massive results. And as a man who's in a relationship, engaged or married, you're going to live a sustainable, great life when it comes down to your sex life. And a happy wife equals a happy life. That's right. And happy king, happy kingdom. Take care. Part, who's part of the kingdom? My, my queen, my wife. Take, <laughs> take care of your penis health, guys. It's really important. That's right. We got, you know, a lot of markets and opportunities to penetrate. No Move pun right. intended. Moving right along. No pun intended. Um, speaking of making more money and, and more markets to penetrate, uh, people are thinking about ideas. And this is a new side hustle that was created uh, to help men get some mental clarity. So let's take a look at this clip. New side hustle. Okay, for 500, we arrest you in front of your wife or your girlfriend. We come in hot. Police cars, siren, lights, uniform, handcuffs, radio going, read Miranda. We'll even tase you for an extra 25, but there's a different waiver for that. Uh, we leave under very confusing circumstances, so it's hard for them to track you down. We take you to a campsite that's paid for, tent, beer, bait, fishing license, nice. fishing equipment. And on Monday, around noon, we release you at the uh, Waffle House so to say there's a big misunderstanding. And that, is it just is that just to get away from your from your wife? <laughs> That's sick. Oh man! I mean, listen, I'm just laughing at. It. I thought it was pretty funny just to see that. But uh, hey, man, you know, what, do, what do women say? I need some me time. 
Yeah. Well, so men, men do too, man. We need a, we need our time to go out there and just be, just be men. And and that's the thing too, as a man, are, are you taking enough time for yourself of all the stuff you're going through? Are you taking enough time for yourself? And here's a, here's a quick clip also of when you are in tough moments, mm. where you don't feel so good about yourself, right, Milton? Yeah. When you're not maybe on uh, uh, the right testosterone level and you're self-defeating, what did you call them earlier, A-N-T? Alternative negative thoughts? What do you call it? Your ants. Your Automatic ants. negative thoughts. Automatic, right. When those start taking over, your demons start getting the better of you. Who are you calling? Let's take a look at the clip. Who do most men call when their back is against the wall? Let's take a look at this. Who do you call when you are at your lowest? Who is that one person? Nobody. I'm a man. No one cares. Not a single soul. Nobody. No one. Because I'm all alone. I think I speak for um, a lot of people when I say um, I, I don't call anyone. Nobody. I'm a guy. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Speaking for the guys when I say this, literally no one. <laughs> Do y'all call someone? Nobody. Just nobody. No one to talk to. So no one. You guys. No one. I'm a man. No one cares. No one. Not a single fucking person. I wouldn't call anyone. I wouldn't turn to a single person on this earth because they don't care. They will just find a way to use it against me one day. You know, it was crazy about this in a world of social media, cell phones, text messages, emails. We're connected, but we're not connecting. And I think one of the worst places that a man can find themselves is on an island all by themselves, dealing with their demons, and they think that nobody's there to help them and nobody cares. Well, I want you to know there's men out there that do care. I care. That's why we do this podcast. That's why Milton is here and, 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 and the friendship that we built over the last few years. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, whoever keeps company with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools, or yourself being a fool, will suffer harm. The reason why America is at where it's at today, the reason why we're not sharing ideas and coming together and banding together as citizens, as men, uh, leading our country, leading our cities, leading our schools, is because the enemy's got us exactly where he wants us, is in isolation. And if you have that mindset that nobody cares, listen, man, that's the biggest lie. There's two fathers in the Bible. The father, Elohim, the great I am, that's God, and the father of lies. And the father of lies keeps you addicted to porn, keeps you in isolation, keeps you thinking you're not good enough as a man, that you don't deserve the best that life has to offer. That's exactly where the father of lies wants you to think. So therefore, you're purpose, your destiny. You don't do something with the life, the gifts that God has given you. You don't do anything with it. And the enemy's saying, yes, right. That's right. Because I know about the lies you're about to change. That's why I'm going to confuse you and make you think less of yourself. Milton? To all the men watching this and to also the women who have younger brothers, siblings, fiancés, spouses, uncles, dads, whoever you're close to. But for all the men watching this, it's really important to be able to have a brotherhood, a nice circle that's going to keep you accountable and that's going to help you stretch for something more than just yourself. And I know, and I actually fell into that category myself, it's where do you go to find your identity? Where do you go to figure out who you are, what you're meant for, why, why, why are you even here? Because a lot of times, Matt, we're, we're in relationships, in previous relationships, past relationships, current relationships with women, where you know, it's, both of you guys come from a broken household, 
you guys are in the middle of an argument, you spaz out, you say something inappropriate or something that could hurt her feelings. And now in a moment of anger, in a moment of strife, she uses one of your vulnerable moments that you had with her oh, against you in a moment of anger. It's true. And now at that specific moment, ladies, men will shut down and it's going to be extremely hard for them to get out of that cave, to get out of that Never hole. trust you again. The moment you do it one time, we protect our heart. The way women protect their bodies when it comes down to sex is the same way men protect their hearts. We protect our hearts very heavily. And the moment that we lose trust with that one person that we thought we could be vulnerable with, we shut down and every woman after that gets a short end of the stick unless we can mature enough to be able to seek that help that we need or figure out how we build ourselves. So going back to the identity aspect, instead of finding your identity in women and circle and social circles that are going to numb you to society, numb you to your feelings, to your pain, instead of going out into the streets and trying to have a, qu a, a, a quickie in the evening, drown yourself in drugs and alcohol and, and things that aren't going to add value to your life, to your future life, where one day you'll look back and say, damn, I really fucked up. I shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. Or you end up with an oopsie. Now you have a kid that you need to take care of. Now you're forced to grow up and not even pay attention to you and your needs. So yeah. now you give your kids the short end of the stick. Yeah. Number one place to find your identity is in God. Look into the word of God. I'm not saying become an extremely religious person. Build a relationship with Christ. Build a relationship with God. Amen. The moment you start seeking God, you're a, you, will start, you will start understanding who you truly are in this world. And you will begin to understand what your purpose is, what your calling is, and you will be able to stand strong on two feet under a strong foundation so that we can keep moving forward that no matter what comes your way, it won't derail you from where God is leading you. Find God and find a brotherhood that's going to keep you accountable. Amen to that, bro. Because, you know, the, you, know you, you talk about the single parenthood, you know, the single home situation. The reason why a lot of men don't know how to talk to other men is because they've been talking to their mom the entire, entire life. Yeah. And speaking of the heart issue, um, where do most men run to if there's not another man to talk to and, and there's not another woman to talk to? A lot of us will scream for our moms. Yeah. Right? Because our, we go to our moms because we know our moms will never hurt us. And we can share with them that type of stuff. And, and they'll never use that stuff against well, most moms. Right? Yeah, most they won't use that stuff against you. Most mothers will never use the vulnerabilities of their sons to manipulate it for their advantage. But they know a girl will. So, you know, that's why values and principles and the family unit must be built back. If there's anything to build back better in America, is build back our families, man. And guess what? That doesn't tax you, doesn't tax you, doesn't tax you. It, it causes an investment of time and effort on your end to build your family, to build your last name, to build that lineage. Sit down and figure out what values and principles you stand for. Tomorrow we'll be on, we'll be on the PBD podcast tomorrow, Thursday night. It's a live podcast from 7, 9 o'clock. And, and uh, I'll be on there with Ricky Aguilar from, from, from Bakersfield, California. Obviously, PBD will be on there. I'm not sure if the sauce thing or Vinny will be there, but we're big on values and principles. And, uh, you know, when we go out, we travel as, as married couples, but our guys that are single, man, they, they honor women in different countries. They honor women in different uh, uh, parts of the world that we travel to. You know, John Mason, I've got so much respect for John Mason, he was one of the millionaires we created. Uh, this guy's young, he's rich, he's in shape, he's fit, he's good looking, he's, he's, he can dance. Yeah. Um, but he's not, the eight years I've known this guy, I haven't seen him with two, three women at a, at a bar just getting drunk, getting sloshed. I've seen him rip a hamstring doing a split in a, in a club. <laughs> but I'm not seeing this guy womanize people. And that's the type of men 
that we surround ourselves with. We surround ourselves with men that value their wife, that love God, that value the wife. And obviously, we're, we're all work in progress. We're not perfect. We're all work in progress. But just know that's the direction we're heading in. And, and if this podcast and my business can be used as a, as a way for people to get on this platform, to listen to this platform of, of ways to better the life increase of your life, not necessarily just money. Because guess what? If you improve your, your values and principles and what you stand for, guess what's naturally going to improve? Your confidence, your skill set, and obviously your money. So uh, any final thoughts, brother, before we, we let go? And episode 30, bro, excited about, the, about these times, about to go into a good uncharted territory here with podcasts. No last topics or, or touch as far as uh, from me coming to you guys, but like, it's a reach. Reach out. Yeah. Ask for help. Yep. You're not alone. I, I hate seeing the numbers go skyrocket when it comes down to suicide cases, yeah. especially in men. Yeah. Especially yep. men who haven't been able to experience life. Yep. Especially men who have children or who are leaving them behind. Yep. You guys aren't alone. Yep. You guys have you guys have two guys here who have been through the trenches and still have made it out because of God. And even even if you don't believe, you still have two men here who will want to fight with you, pray for you, and be in your corner. Feel free to reach out, at least to me. Feel free to reach out whenever you guys are in need or you just need someone to talk to. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're, we're ready for the next wave and next level of of spiritual warfare is coming our way because once you're at the top of one level, guess what? You're going to yeah. find yourself at the bottom of the next level and that requires a different level of strength, uh, commitment, endurance, uh, 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 faith to get it to the top of the next level. So we are constantly working in progress and just know that you're around people, you're listening to people that are constantly in a position of wanting to always recreate themselves. I pray that you choose to recreate yourself this day. So that being said, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, drop your thoughts, your comments, your questions, please put in the comment section below. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys at the Millionaire Goals podcast next week for episode 31. Also, we're going to have, we're going to bring back uh, Craig Sawman Sawyer and John here uh, from this in terms of exposing the nastiness of what we all need to know. We can train ourselves what we need to know about human trafficking and child sex trafficking. That's, that's it's got to stop. There's no tolerance for that. Protecting my kids, protecting your kids, protecting our community, protecting our future here in America. There's no, there's no being desensitized to that ever, ever. I'm not ever going to tolerate one aspect, one breath, one thought, one blink of an eye that that is okay. It's not okay. And it needs to be stopped. And I'm not going to tolerate that. And we're going to do our best to make you all aware of what to look for. So therefore, you could be a, an asset in this fight on the war on, on uh, human trafficking. So that being said, to me again next week, continue to live smart. Continue to live smart. And be mighty smart today. See you next week. Bye-bye.